welcome to the sermon podcast feed of Liberty Church Collingswood, where we want to live, speak, and serve as the very presence of Jesus in Collingswood and surrounding boroughs, or wherever God has placed you. Find us at libertycollingswood.org. Part of our mission is preaching sermons, so here you go. Keep in mind that these messages are designed to bring the timeless message of Jesus to bear in specific contexts to specific people. The whole eternal word, changing worlds thing. Would you hear good news here? Bon appétit! Well, hello. My back is doing fine. Thanks for asking. I'm not sitting because of that, but we're going to do something a little bit different here in the sermon time today as we wrap up our sermon series, which is also our ministry emphasis for the year, talking about community. You may have noticed that I'm not here alone. I am joined this morning by Chad Hartzell and by Amy Phelps. They are home meeting leaders here at Liberty Collingswood. I'm going to give a little bit of a homily, go through a couple verses from the end of the book of Acts, talk about that, and then we'll turn it over to our home meeting leaders to hear from them about their experience of community this year via their small groups and otherwise. Amy is a law student at Rutgers Camden, lives here locally. Chad is in a family business in Pennsylvania. He's one of the higher ups there. So now you know them, you know me. Let's get started. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. I'll go ahead as usual, read the verses, call and response, pray, then we'll jump in. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, I am thankful to you this morning for the reality of your word that speaks truly as inspired, as without error, as it comes to every culture around the world and throughout the ages. Thank you, Lord, that we're able to visit one of my favorite little passages of scripture from the book of Acts here. Give us your spirit, Lord, to illumine these verses to us. And I'm so grateful this morning, Father, to be able to visit this passage with my friends Chad and Amy as we dialogue a little bit about community. Would your spirit be among not only the three of us, but for all who are watching in their homes or wherever they may be. Father, draw us into community with yourself and with each other all the more. Thank you that, in part, this is what Jesus died to do and that we're able to find community in you and others by grace and grace alone because of what Jesus has done. We pray even now in his name. Amen. Amen. I love the core values here at Liberty Collingswood and throughout all of the churches in the Liberty Network. Worship, community, and mercy. I've loved those core values for a long time. The first that I came into contact with these Liberty core values, we want to live, speak, and serve as the very presence of Jesus wherever God has placed us, including here in Collingswood. And we want to engage in worship, community, and mercy together. Back in the early 2000s, when I was not yet a Liberty pastor, but was close with Liberty pastors, I prayed with them every week as the first Liberty Church was just getting started. And I was struck by how beautiful, how simple, how profound worship, community, and mercy were 
as encapsulations of the Christian life. And you may not know that for the church that I pastored after my first church in West Philadelphia, I took those core values with me. So in Lubbock, Texas, I built out membership programs, and in our new members class, when we were talking about what the Christian life means, I said, well, if you want to follow Jesus, you got to do worship, community, and mercy. And there was a little footnote that said, worship, community, and mercy are the core values of a friend church of ours in the Philadelphia area. It sounded just like that. And it was great to be able to come back up here and plant the Liberty Church where those core values are front and center. And for worship, community, and mercy, understand as well that there is not a causal link or chain between each of these three things. So worship does not cause community. Community does not cause mercy. They're mutually reinforcing. And in my experience, very often, it's the case that community is the fuel or the engine both for worship, living lives of worship before God, including corporately on Sunday mornings and throughout the week, and practicing acts, on the other hand, of mercy and justice to our neighbors and to our world. Community connects all of those things together. Similarly here, with the last part of Acts chapter 2, this passage that I've chosen for here for us this morning is a little bit of a change of pace from the book of Acts overall. If you know anything about the book of Acts, it's the story of the first church after Jesus is crucified, resurrected, and ascended. And for the most part in the book of Acts, we have lots of sermons from the apostles, lots of big miraculous things that God is doing in the overall movements of the church. But in a couple different places, we have some connective tissue where we see the community life of the church forming. And one of these passages came from Acts chapter 18. I think I preached on that passage with Apollos and Priscilla and Aquila right at the beginning of January. This is another one, and actually the first of its kind, in my opinion, where we see the first community of the first followers of Jesus forming. And what do you know? In this little passage in the book of Acts, we have worship and community and mercy. Worship bookends the passage. So at the beginning, verses 42 and 43... And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. That's a worshipful impulse. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Verse 46, And day by day, attending the temple together, and breaking bread in their homes, in the temple, worshiping God, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Here's worship again, praising God and having favor with all the people. But not just worship. There's powerful mercy being practiced here in this little window in as well, verse 45. And they were selling all their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. But to me, and I have loved and studied this passage for many years, the heart of the passage is not the worship bookends at the beginning and end of this chapter, of this paragraph, is not the working of mercy in verse 45, but in particular, I love verse 44. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. We find a similar sentiment also at the end of Acts chapter 4. They had all things in common. They were together. And so what we encounter here, both as something to inspire us as we look back then and also look ahead to our present, a picture of community and Jesus done well. A grace-filled new humanity as Jesus is working by the Holy Spirit to create us and recreate us to bring him back to himself and to each other. And it is grace-filled. There's a good chance a couple of points here in Acts chapter 2 
verses 42 to 47, there's this reference to breaking of the bread. You see it at the beginning of the passage and at the end. There's a pretty good chance, at least, that that breaking of the bread means that they weren't just having some cheesesteaks and pork Italianos together, although would they have been so lucky? Instead, this could be a reference to taking the Lord's Supper together. It wasn't that long ago before this where Jesus celebrated his last supper with the disciples right before he was crucified. So they are remembering the bread and the cup, his body and his blood, his sacrifice for them, paying the debt for sin on the cross to make a community unlike any other distinctive because of the grace of Jesus. And at the very beginning of the book of Acts, Luke, the author of that book, says, and so I'm writing to you, a person named Theophilus. In my previous volume, I talked about what Jesus began to do and to preach the implication is, by Jesus' Holy Spirit, he is continuing to build the church of Jesus Christ. And so it is now with Liberty Collingswood. And my prayer for our church, especially during this pandemic, has been that the community, the relationships between brothers and sisters here at Liberty Collingswood would serve as, similarly to what Acts chapter 2 and chapter 4, the end of these chapters do in the book of Acts, would serve as our connective tissue use a slightly different image, the core strength for everything else that we do as a church. And like I said, especially right now, if you're a sports watcher looking at the NFL playoffs, you notice, for example, that the same commercials pop up again and again and again. And there are so many references in commercials, it's almost white noise at this point, there are so many references to these uncertain times, or in times such as these, or times are hard, or now more than ever, it becomes as many cliches to us, right? But it doesn't change the reality that this has been a really crazy season of loneliness, of isolation, of fear, of fragmentation, of anger, of anxiety, and angst, so many different ways, global pandemic, political situation, etc. We need each other deeply. So as it is in the book of Acts, would we practice here at our church, or even if you're far away from us and are hooking in with community in different ways with us, would we find the community that we need in Jesus Christ? And normally this is the point at which during a sermon I'd get practical and my kids at home say, Dad, this is what your sermon sounded like to me. Blah, 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 blah. So kids, you'll be very happy right now as you're watching at home. Less of dad blah, blah, blahing, and I'm going to turn it over to Chad and to Amy so that we can hear from them some perspective and some stories about how they have experienced community in their home meetings and otherwise here at Liberty Collingswood this year. So, Chad and Amy, you're still here. Hello. Thank you for joining. <laughs> Tell me, how have you needed community yourselves in this crazy time? Well, I can go ahead and jump in, I guess, to start just with a personal anecdote. I mean, we always need community, and um, I think it's just been more apparent in the last year, but even before the pandemic, before some of the political strife was so apparent, um, John and I were actually pretty new to Liberty and had actually been literally praying for there to be an opportunity to have community. We started attending mm -hmm this church at the beginning of the last school year. We were transplanted from Washington, D.C., and we finally moved into a new house, and we were feeling like, you know, this is a great opportunity to get plugged into our church, and then suddenly, 
you know, socialization as we all know it looked really different. Um, and so when there was an opportunity in the spring to join a care group and then when Jim and Eric asked us to consider um, taking on this role as, as home leaders, we were really excited because we did understand the whole potential and it, mm -hmm. it really has lived up to be um, a wonderful source of community. But I, I think just to speak to some of those feelings that Jim was just talking about, some of those feelings of isolation and loneliness, angst, anxiousness, um, community is, is a way to sort through all of those things together. And mm -hmm. for anybody that's been feeling that, it's been a really a tremendous opportunity to do that together. I also think our community has been a source of caring for each other in physical need too, mm -hmm. not just that emotional need, but you know, we've had a couple of people experiencing sickness, our own family included, and you know, people from our community group, our home group actually, you know, brought us meals, cared for us, mm -hmm. and you know, we've been able to care for each other in some physical ways too. But even if you're not feeling those terrible feelings of loneliness, angst, which I think a lot of us probably are on any given day, community is an opportunity to have somebody pray for you, pray mm -hmm. for your whatever you're going through. Um, and and that's, that's one way that we've needed community, and I think everybody in our home group does too. Yeah, thanks for saying. And I, I have Chad here too. Chad doesn't need community at all, right, Chad? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would disagree with that, Chad. <laughs> um, yeah, just I would say in processing all these things, like we said, uh, the current climate that we find ourselves in, mm -hmm. um, it's it's refreshing to be able to work through these things with fellow Christians and seekers and you know people who are uh, you know pursuing these things you know from a biblical perspective and like Amy said, being able to to pray over these things as well. You know, with social media and media, you know, there's agendas out there. You can find uh, any opinion, you know, that sure. um, that you're looking to find there. But, um, you know, just to be able to work through these things again, you know, from the Word of God and, and to, to hear from Him, you know, it's definitely meant a lot to us. Yeah, awesome. And so one of the things, one of the goals specifically for this year is we've been emphasizing community across the board here at Liberty Collingswood, specifically in our groups. We wanted to take some strangers to each other and move them towards being acquaintances and then acquaintances to friends. Have you seen that happen in your groups this year? And if so, how? Sure, I'll, I'll jump in here. Um, I would say most of the people in our, our groups um, knew of each other. I wouldn't say they were, you know, um, maybe best of friends there, but, you know, uh, just, just seeing those relationships grow. Um, I know the way that we pursued things this year with our, our Zoom meetings is we've split men and women, mm -hmm. uh, which in the beginning I was a little skeptical about. I, I enjoy having the the womanly perspective there as well uh, in our groups. But, um, you know, it's good. Myself and my wife were able to, um, to both take on uh, leading of groups there. Mm -hmm. and, and I would say that that has allowed for, for the groups to kind of grow a little more organically, mm -hmm. um, just in that they're, they're smaller in size and also just being with men, um, we're free to kind of share things that maybe we wouldn't share if there were spouses or other women around there. Uh, specifically, one of the things I noticed was was anxiety, and that mm -hmm. wasn't something that had come up as frequently in, in mixed company there. But um, I've noticed that some guys have have been able to kind of share freely about that, um, you yeah, which is which is good. And we've committed that to prayer, and yeah, you know, just been able to work through some of those issues. Yeah, for sure. One of the new things that we tried this year during pandemic was to ask our groups to go more guys and gals. It was sort of like a faith-filled roll of the dice, where God blessed us. We've never done this before, but we're hoping that there would be some deeper connections as a result of that riff. 
And so far, so good, I think, with these things. And that's one of the ways in which we've gone from acquaintances, strangers, friends. Amy. Yeah, yeah. And from the womanly perspective, <laughs> I would also say that there, there really has been tremendous growth of friendships. I mentioned before, you know, I, I was happily well acquainted with many people at Liberty Collingswood, but hadn't been able to develop the spiritual friendships that I knew and longed for here. Mm -hmm. um, and I definitely have been given the opportunity to do that. In some cases, people that joined our home group were brand new to church. Some of them have never even been into this structure and they've still been able to jump in and be part of the church community through these home groups, which has been such a blessing to have them there. Um, and I hope they've been blessed by it too. I think, you know, like we said, community has been especially important in these mm -hmm. times. So um, yeah, definitely seeing a lot of people, even those that already were well acquainted, well acquainted developing deep friendships in a new way. And I think there is something to be said about a smaller group on Zoom, it's really difficult to have the sort of intimacy in a social setting mm -hmm. when it's all virtual. Right. Um, so having a couple of faces that you get to know really well um, and those prayer requests that are, you know, revealing some vulnerabilities, I think that um, I haven't really experienced before in a home group. And I, I do think that's really thanks to the, the gender specific division in this study. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's, it's been great. Yeah, that's awesome. So Eric Mitchell is the one, Liberty Collingswood, that leads our small group systems. And as we've been talking and hoping and praying this year, and also the home meeting leaders we all met, and I should say, Amy's husband John is a co-leader, Chad's wife Jess is a co-leader of their respective home meetings. Uh, we were celebrating the fact that this year at Liberty Collingswood, we had adults who had never been a part of a Christian small group before in our small groups, and we celebrate that. Also another music to my ears moment is, and this is just circumstantial evidence on my part, but do I trust my own interpretation of circumstances? Yes, absolutely. So I think more than ever before, I hear through the grapevine in healthy ways that Brothers and sisters of Liberty Collingswood are serving each other. Things that I, needs that I didn't know about until after the fact. Oh, this person over here went and served this person over there. This group kind of took on this project. And there's more text threads going around. Hey, pray for me about this. Pray for me about that. So it's been great to see our community, uh, analogy that I like to use, develop some different muscle groups of trying to be that connective tissue for one another. And one of the things that we love about the Bible is that it's practical. In the book of James, the author there says that we are called to be not only hearers of the word, but doers also. Chad and Amy, have you seen that in your groups when you've seen some transformation, some people taking steps from, oh, there are some truths about God out there, this is what the Bible says, but let's try to put some action steps, some hands and some feet onto some of these things. Sure. Um... Yeah, I, I will echo what you said. We have some people in our group who are uh, first time being a part of a home group, which has been encouraging there. For whatever reason, the in-person meetings weekly didn't work for them. So mm -hmm. that was very encouraging you know, that they were able to jump on the, the Zoom meeting as well there. Um, and then I would say, you know, I did have people approach me on numerous occasions uh, just in saying that the, the scripture or, or what they were going through was very pertinent, you know, at that particular time, that particular week, the things they were working through. Uh, we had some pretty clear answers to prayer as well, mm -hmm. which was very encouraging. Uh, one fellow in particular um, was, was going through a lot of things at work, had some work projects, mm -hmm. and, and again, going back to that anxiety uh, it was really starting to take a toll on him. You know, they had some other things going on in the family there. Um, and we really just spent some time committing that to prayer. Uh, we did have the text chain going as well, and we're praying for him throughout the week. 
Um, but when he came back two weeks from then, he said that next day I had a peace that I had never experienced before. Hmm. And uh, he said, I, I've never experienced that clear an answer to prayer, you know, in, in this setting. So, so that was very encouraging. And just to, um, just to hear how, you know, how the Lord was kind of working through mm -hmm. that, that time of prayer and, and uh, faithfulness there. So. It's an amazing story. Thanks. It's really great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, anything about being hearers of the word and doers of the word? Well, I think uh, just to echo sort of what, what Chad just said, um, when you're being reminded, even if it's just every other week mm -hmm. or hopefully a little more often because we do have these text chains sure. by this community, there actually is an element of accountability too, I think, mm -hmm. to be um, to be living out what you planned and talked about and practically, you know, are putting yeah. into place in these conversations. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, there's definitely been some real growth, I think, in, in that area in our group too. Yeah, one of the things that's exciting about growing in Jesus is when you begin to hear, I've mentioned this in sermons before too, both God's yeses and God's noes in your life. Mm. We, we are given gracious, exciting, life-giving, joy-filled yeses in Jesus, but then also some noes. Hey, instead of doing this, why don't you do that instead? And there's growth in Christian obedience, and we've, we've heard plenty of stories about both those yeses and noes this year in our groups at Liberty Collingswood. That's why we're doing what we're doing. That's why we're here in a nicely chilled room <laughs> on, a, windows on, open. on a cool day, <laughs> windows open, uh, just living the life so we can celebrate stories like this. So one of the things that we recognize and celebrate about Liberty Collingswood is that we're not cookie cutters of one another. We, we have a pretty diverse congregation in quite a few different ways. Not every way. We still have some growth to do and being a diverse church, but different ethnic backgrounds, political persuasions, religious upbringings, theological convictions, uh, trying to build relationships across some of those lines. How have you seen that play out in your groups this year? Well, I will say one area that, that our group has specific diversity is just sort of the, um, the faith background. In mm -hmm. some cases, some people in our group are experiencing this Bible study as a, in an adult setting for the first time. And in some cases, people are bringing a whole plethora of experiences in Bible studies, mm -hmm. whether from their age or other places that they've lived, other churches with, right. with, which with they've been a part of. Um, so I, I think that's been one way for us to really experience that blessing of the diversity of, of backgrounds in mm -hmm. that way. You know, every single one of us can look at a Bible passage together and think about it, how it practically applies to our lives and share that perspective with each other. Um, and I, I do, I think that's absolutely true. And I actually pray for our group that we can maybe experience our diversity of thought in new ways this year. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm sure as we continue to go through discussions, small differences in worldly matters will yeah. only become more apparent. Right, um, right. And, and I, I think that you know, everybody shares that mindset that our group can only be blessed by that diversity of thought and background. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the, I think, unique callings of followers of Jesus in this moment is to push against the tribalism that's so prevalent in yeah. so many aspects of our society. And we want our home meetings to do that. So how has community made you a, vet a better version of yourself? Um, we, we want to be not just home meeting leaders in the sense that we're telling other people to do community. I don't want to be that as a pastor. And sometimes pastors fall into traps you know, they're saying from the front, do community, it's really good. But do I want to actually engage with anybody? No, I'm just going to keep to myself. How does community stretch you personally? What are some yeses and nos that you encounter as you try to practice community for yourselves, for your family and your groups, et cetera? Yeah. Um, 
I feel like I'm dominating over no, here, but I do no. have I do have some additional thoughts. Um, and Keep then Chad, I'd love to hear what you have to say too. But um, I think just the practice of reflecting on community and having these discussion questions in front of us and being among, in my case, women that I've gotten to know really mm -hmm. well has really given me an opportunity to be the best version of myself. You know, I am a law student at Villanova, actually, Jim. Really? It's the very first time in my life I've ever been part of a sports community for which I can rally. So I'm just going to, yes, yeah. It's a bit of a schlep, but yes. I, okay. I'm obviously local to, the, to Collingswood, and that's why I'm here, but yes. Sorry about that, Amy. That's okay. <laughs> no worries. But I, I will say, you know, it's really been easy for me to get stuck up on some of my own disappointments and my own personal gripes um, and being able to be part of this group of women where they share these challenges of their own and even better the way that they've triumphed over those challenges and the way that they see other challenges in the world really makes challenges my selfishness and definitely makes me have some more perspective on some of these gripes and disappointments mm -hmm. um, that are pretty trivial um, and and that's been one specific way that I think our community has made me a better person. I think for anybody, though, just being part of this, of any home group, of any community that's that's focused on Christ, you're going to give yourself an opportunity to reflect on the perfect example of mm -hmm. what we should be. Um, so any reminder to do that is is obviously going to benefit everybody. Awesome. Yeah, and I would jump in as well. You know, Amy had touched on the accountability and just trying to live these things out on a mm -hmm. weekly basis. Um, you know, that has been big for us. Um, you know, I think there's a, an element to, to spiritual warfare as well that, you know, that we're facing in the, the current climate here. And, you know, having a group of, of brothers or, or brothers and sisters who you can kind of rely on mm -hmm. uh, is where we need to be. You know, yep. it's... it's you know, the lone wolf out there, you know, who's susceptible to, you know, um, to, to whatever may come there. But, you know, just being able to, again, rely on, on brothers and sisters in the Lord and, you know, in processing these mm -hmm. things. Um, and also just, um, you know, a Zoom meeting every other week isn't a, a huge commitment. You mm -hmm. know, I, I've been able to, uh, I guess, maybe put myself out there a bit more and, and just, you know, ask around and, and see you know, what people have going on. You know, most people are uh, pent up inside, you mm -hmm. know, this time of year. And, uh, you know, it, it can be a, a good release for them, you know, just to be able to, to fellowship in that setting. So. Yeah. One of the classic quotes from Steve Huber, our network director, who's going to be preaching in our organization service here this afternoon. One of the things that he said for years is that Christians are not called to be solo ninjas in the woods. And I don't actually know if there's such a thing as a solo ninja in the woods. I'll have to ask Steve this afternoon. The point being, however that we are called not to be free agents rogue on our own because so many wacky things happen at that point. And speaking of community in this way, and this is where we'll wrap up with this question, one of the things that I've talked about a couple times in my sermons during the sermon series on community, and which is a pretty persistent point of reflection to me, we live in an era now where community is all over the place, uh, whether it's a library or a gym or a coffee shop, there's community more so maybe than there was 10, 20, 30 years ago, as people are recognizing that it's more healthy uh, to be with each other than right. to be without each other. Uh, but that also raises the question for me in a more pressing way, uh, why do we need church to have community, after all, if we can find it in so many different ways, including social media and online? Uh, what is it distinctive about church community that makes it different from other kinds and makes us need this kind of community more? 
and I'll, I'll jump in here. Um, I would say, you know, specific to that is, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's what's transformational, you know, in our lives as believers and as Christians and should be transformational in our world as we seek to share that with others. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the Apostle John says, uh, Jesus says it as well, that, you know, you'll know your Christians, you know, by your love, or others will know that you're Christians by your love. Mm -hmm. And that's how we're to, to set ourselves apart there. Um, I think that when you pursue community in a, just a secular sense, you tend to look for people who are similar to yourself, where you can add that's value default, to, yeah. to particular situations. You may, um, you know, gauge your success on what you bring to that group and whatever else. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the gospel of Jesus kind of turns that on end, and, you know, it's, it's pointing out from us to mm -hmm. him and to his sacrifice for us. And, you know, that's a, it's a freeing experience as well. You know, specifically, we had said in our home groups, we're able to share some of our struggles and anxieties that we're feeling, particularly in this time. Uh, and the Apostle Paul says, you know, it's, it's in your weakness that, that you're strongest, because it's then that Christ is, is working in you and can supplement his strength for your weakness there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I felt like we've been been able to, you know, connect on that level with, you know, with some of the people within that, that yep. church community there. Yeah, amen. One of the things that I chuckle about, we will get back one form or another someday, hopefully not too long from now, when we have a coffee hour at one point. And I long for coffee hour. Right, <laughs> revolution right across the street still. So, one of the things that I always loved was during a coffee hour before or after church, or people milling about here in the sanctuary or outside, seeing a couple of people talking, and I'll chuckle to myself, those two people would not know each other apart from a church, Liberty Colleagues would, and say, they are so different from one another. I don't know how they're having a civil conversation, but they love each other, and it's great. And this is a place where, where we can form some of those unlikely bonds that often are the most beautiful. So, Amy, as we wrap up, any final thoughts? No, I, one thing that I... I told John, my husband, that I, we've been reflecting on this, and I think that it absolutely speaks to just the power of the cross. Mm -hmm. In one of Paul's other letters um, to the Corinthians, he talks about, you know, how you can be ambassadors of Christ and the power mm -hmm. of the cross, and you can't really experience that unless you are engaging in community mm -hmm. and putting yourself in that challenging place of being stretched to overcome differences. And to experience that is just extraordinary and beautiful and just a sign of God's love for us that um, that's amazing. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's great. And coffee hour can't come soon enough, right? Absolutely. Be great. <laughs> yes. Well, Chad and Amy, thank you so much. Go Villanova. Thank you. There we go. <laughs> and it's been a pleasure to talk to both of you. Thank you for the love that you exercise on behalf of Jesus for so many in our congregation. We don't take it for granted and appreciate it deeply. And so we'll draw this section of the worship service to a close. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Hey, could that have been the best sermon ever? Eh, the odds are strongly not in its favor. Still, thanks for listening, and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also check out our version of a preaching after party, the post-Sunday blues, a preaching post-mortem, on the same podcast feed, where you can go backstage with the sermon. Live, speak, and serve at you later. <laughs>